Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this evening as we look at relationships in the African diaspora with a specific focus on the experiences of those of us living in the United States. As usual, I'm your host, your sister, and your friend in Kiru of Conversations from the Diaspora, a Building Africa's Future podcast. And I'm happy to collaborate once again with Marlon of Afro-American Cultural Initiative uh, Incorporated to bring you the Circle Series. Marlon, if you would just briefly tell us uh, a little bit more about the Circle Series. Thank you very much, Nkuru. Um, welcome everybody to the Circle Series. Um, like she said, my name is Marlon Solomon. I'm the founder and senior project manager at the Afro-American Culture Initiative. Our mission is to build cultural bridges in the African diaspora through education, technology, and travel. Um, today, we present a restorative showcase discussing relationships in the African diaspora. Restorative practices and principles like the circle practice you will see today have been adapted from the indigenous people of America. Native Americans have practiced circle series, circles for centuries. It's a tool that they've used to build community and repair harm done to all its community members, not by exclusionary tactics such as removal, maybe expelling and suspending students, not by shaming, blaming, or other punitive measures, but by humanizing the disciplinary process, by holding people accountable through discussion and collaborative problem solving. The Boston public school system, which I work for, um, is currently heavily training staff and encouraging their schools to engage in restorative practices as a way to combat the classroom to prison pipeline that many of our children of color are facing. Humanizing our youth of color with tools that afford them opportunities for redemption, growth, and healing on their road to becoming leaders of tomorrow. So what's love got to do with it? A comparative look at relationships for from the African diaspora. I'm very excited to be here, very excited to get this discussion underway. But before we get started, just a few guidelines for our panelists. First of all, I want to ask you to respect our circle community, respect our community, respect all of us. Speak from the heart, listen from the heart. Speak only when you have the talking piece. In this case, it'll be when Inkiru calls you, right? And, all, and when the person is talking, all of us have the honor of listening, and we know that we will all abide by that. And of course, it's okay to pass, meaning that if you have any sort of, uh, like, you know, maybe you're not ready for the question, it's okay to pass. That is just fine. All right. So once again, thank you for, you know, everybody being here for attending. And um, yeah, enjoy the circle. Hand over to you and crew. Thank you so much, Marlon. So um, just as you rightly said, we are looking at um, relationships in the African diaspora. Um, and tonight we're going to be asking the question, what has love got to do with it as it relates to how relationships are formed here in the diaspora in our generation? And we'll also touch on how they may be different from previous generations um, for those of us or for those living back home on the continent. So oftentimes we have these types of discussions um, primarily amongst ourselves, maybe, you know, women groups or, you know, men amongst yourselves, but we don't really um, get a chance to discuss one-to-one -one together like this um, in a group setting. So hopefully we can find some ways to address these issues and uh, find a way forward. Um, this is the first step in that direction, and we hope to um, have some subsequent conversations. 
So to our viewers, um, thank you so much for tuning in. If you would please comment below to let us know where you're watching from. And if you would like to be a panelist on any um, upcoming uh, panelist or uh, circle discussion, I've just included the link in the chat. So please feel free to go to that link and um, you know fill it out accordingly. So we're going to get started with round one um, to answer the theme question. We are all in different stages in our lives and our understanding and experiences with relationships. So the question is, what is love? And to be more specific, is love all that is required to make a marriage or a long-term relationship work? And did you see healthy examples of love in your family home or within your community growing up? So I'm gonna pose that question um, to Amek first. I'm gonna put it on the screen for everyone to see. Okay. Um, hey everyone, my name is Amak and I'm from South Sudan and I live in Arizona. Um, so the question is, is love everything uh, that the relationship needs? Of course not. There is a lot of things that make any relationship work. Um, so for example, I grew up in a household of mom and dad. My parents been married for 42 years. Um, my mom is the only wife my dad has, so it's nothing like polygamous or anything like that. Um, so based on their marriage, I don't think it's only love. Uh, a lot of things has to come together in order for people to make that lifetime commitment because love can change. People can fall out of love. People can evolve. But if there's other things like respect and the fact that you committed commitment, then things will just get better and you will make it last forever. But if you base everything on love and just love, when that love goes away, nothing will be left. So I guess it has a lot to do with so many other things other than love. Okay, thank you. So I'll ask um, Bryce to go next. Or King Kunta. <laughs> yeah, can you hear me? No, you good, you good. Um, so what is love? Yes. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is Jesus. Okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> Did you want me to elaborate? Yeah, tell us more. Um, uh, on a serious note. Oh, love, 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 man. I feel like, I mean, it's true. Love is patient. Love is kind. But it's just like, it's just one of those things where you have to learn to just almost in a way, like accept someone else for who they are and just, and just like embrace them, if that makes sense. If that's the correct term, like, you know, you, you don't hold on to grudges or like what they've done. You're just like, oh, I love you type thing. So yeah, that's that's just in my opinion that I think that's what love is. Okay. Um Bull, if you can go next. Uh, thank you, Ankuruka, for the opportunity. Uh, well I agree with them. I agree with the back. I agree with the uh, two of our colleagues that comments uh, previously. I think it's uh, it's good to have love. I think is a, is a big factor, but at the same time, there's other factors as well that uh, that have to come together for a relationship to last a lifetime. Uh, okay. 
like respect, uh, understanding. I think understanding is a big, is 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 one of the big elements that needs to be part of of love because uh, sometimes there can be misunderstanding, and uh, misunderstanding can cause mis- uh, distrust, uh, mistrust between uh, people, the partner. And if there's okay. uh, trust in any relationship, really, you're not you're not going anywhere. So there's elements uh, respect. Um, and being open-minded, knowing that you know the person that you're in relationship with is is a, is, is their own person. They, everybody's unique in their own way, and uh, and you don't you don't expect people to love you the way you love them, because at the end of the day, people uh, define love differently, uh, and, uh, and 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 we need to people need to be mindful of that to go into a relationship because uh, because love can change. But if you have other elements, uh, then you can find those elements as well to, to, to carry on the relationship to where it needs to be and be example for your children or your nephews or, or other people, even friends. You know, it's hard. It can be hard, but if there's understanding, there's respect and, you know, understanding, then it can work. Okay. Um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit with the question. Is marriage all about love in our cultural context? Lita, I'll give that question to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that question. Uh, I think that love is not um, love is not uh, love is not all it takes in a marriage in our traditional context. I think that it takes way more than love for our cultural uh, understanding of what marriage should be. Marriage is more like a responsibility for the different parties who decided they want to get into it. And so love really, really doesn't play, in my understanding and in my opinion, love doesn't really play so much of a big role. You know, you just have to be able to, you know, understand the person you're with and be able to, you know, tolerate the person. And then we believe that with that sense of responsibility, you grow in love with that person, meaning that you grow to have affection for that person and you grow to understand each other and, so the idea of just, uh, you know, love, love is just not, love is, you know, it's just a feeling that you feel and it's temporary. But when it comes to uh, African marriage and Igbo marriages, it takes way more than that type of feeling, that butterfly feeling is to make it work because things are way more structured, way more, there's a lot more responsibility, there's a lot more challenges, there's a lot more family dynamics that you have to be able to navigate for you to have a very successful type of marriage if you are doing it the evil way. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, let's see. Uh, Kathy, would you say that love looks the same for us as it did for our parents? I'll pose that question to you too, Kathy and Daisy. Okay. I don't think love looks the same as it was for our parents because back then, I feel like our parents had... Um, a certain way of doing things. They had values. They had like basically a certain way of doing things. And in this generation, like it's like people forget about the values of respecting each other about, you know, go ahead, Daisy. Uh, well, for me, I say it's definitely different because our parents' definition of love and our definition of love right now is completely different. As in, okay, for instance, back in the day, from what I've heard from my dad, if you like 
someone of the opposite sex, it's mainly like, okay, if this person can provide for me, I love this person type stuff. But now in our generation, love is more like, okay, I want commitment. I want you to be honest with me. I want you to be open to me. I want you to accept me with all my flaws. And with our parents' generation, it wasn't like that. It's like, okay, if you can provide for me, then okay, that's love. You don't have to show affection. You don't have to hug me. You don't have to take me out. You don't have to do all this stuff we, the new generation, are into. So I definitely think it's different. Okay. Um, let's see. Marlon, have, you haven't had a chance yet to speak. Could you speak to that? Thank you, Inkuru. Um, I think somebody touched on one part, which was that Um, you know, people define love differently. And I think that is really the main issue in the Western context. Love is this romantic thing, Cupid going around shooting arrows and everybody's swooning over everybody. And then in the African context, it's more like, are we practical? Are we going to be able to make a future together? More concrete setting things. Now, I read a book um, a while back. It's called uh, The Road Less Traveled. And they defined love as the, the willingness and, the, I guess, the commitment to helping other people grow. And I like that, com- I like that definition primarily because it, you can define love in, with that definition. You can define love as your mother's love. You can define love as your brother's love. Yes, you can also define it as your romantic love. And I think that is kind of where the context always seems to get muddled. It's our definition. If you think love is, you know, you know, looking good on Instagram, then yeah, then, you know, then you may, you may come into problems. But when you now realize that, but I think that, I do think the African side kind of takes it a little too far because there has to be more than just that we can work together and make a living and make a family and grow to love each other. Um, that's why, I mean, I, w- I would say that that's what contributes, that lack of looking at love for somebody, developing real love for somebody, um, um, contributes to a lot of the, uh, you know, um, extracurricular activities of a lot of the men in Africa societies. <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not wedded to the idea of one person, just can't be together. So, yeah, that's my bit. Okay. So just to kind of switch gears a little bit, um, you know, we see on social media, like this idea of struggle love. So I want to ask you all, um, is suffering or struggling a necessary part of love or proving that you are worthy of love? And I'm addressing this question primarily to the men. Are you looking to marry your mom in the woman that you um, that you end up marrying? Or do you feel that any woman and do you feel that if any woman doesn't meet these standards, they're not worthy of marriage? So I will start with um, Bull. Well, thank you for this opportunity again. <laughs> this is actually a good question, but <laughs> I don't, don't think there's women out there like my mom. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm starting to say that, but my mom is especially in her own way. Her love and affection towards me is different. She's someone that known me all my life. And the person that's going to be my future wife is knowing me from the point that she met me. 
and you know, to, to, you know until, until 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 I depart this world. But so uh, I don't think again, love has different meaning to different people, and we have mm-hmm. expressed different love. We express love to different people different ways. Like I love my brother, I love my sister, but the same way I love my brother is not the same way I love my sister. The same way I love my mom is not the same way I expect to love my my significant others. It just doesn't work. You see. So uh, I do not expect uh, the person that's going to be my future wife to be like my mom. I do not. I don't have that expectations because I'm going to disappoint myself. <laughs> so, uh, but I expect them to be their own person, you see, mm-hmm. and accept them for who they are, their flaws. So uh, I don't think there's a, there's a comparison, you know, uh, between the two. Like uh, the love that you you expect from your mom and the love that you expect from the significant others are not going to be the same. Uh, of course, there may be some uh, values that I like to see in the person, uh, some of the things that are the, some of the things that I see in my mom, but not everything. Uh, okay. So really, uh, just to 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 summarize it, I'm saying that uh, like love that I have for mom, my mother, I don't expect mm-hmm. to see another person that is going to be my future person that's going to be my future wife. I don't expect that at all because everybody's in their own is their own is different in their own way and express love in their own way. And, uh, and love is different from the people that are, that are around us, like our brothers, our sisters, and our mothers. So uh, I think we should, we should, it's, it's better to give that person that is, good, that is in front of you uh, the opportunity to be who they are and make them feel comfortable. You know, because you don't want to give them the expectation that they may not be able to meet and they'll be frustrated. You know, and that's not a good thing. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to read this, um, I guess, post by Solomon Bucci from Instagram. I don't know if you all can see it on your screen, but I'll read it here. He says that some African men want wives like their mother, not because their mothers were necessarily great, but because their mothers took abuse and marinated in suffering. So they want a woman who will keep them in check, who will not keep them in check, rather. If you want a woman that would take anything, marry your mom. This is the same reason some mother-in-laws are wicked to their daughter-in-laws. When they see their sons treat their wives so good, it triggers them and they begin to hate on their son's wife because they feel that she should suffer like they did. Who is she to have a better better marriage? So, um, Kathy, I'd like you to respond to that. I do not subscribe or believe in struggle love at all. Honestly, like, the standards or the expectations men put on women these days are absurd. Like, half go 50-50 with the guy then you have to cook gotta do that like for what if you want in my opinion if you want a stay-at-home wife then have a stay-at-home wife and you pay all the bills but if you expect your wife to help you financially then help her in the house help her do the dishes if she's tired sometimes help her cook one day a week you know and it goes both ways females Stop expecting these men to do everything for you. Like, have your own things. Don't be a liability. Be an asset to a man. That's it for me. Okay, that's all. That's it. Let's <laughs> say, what do you think? <laughs> okay, um, I definitely like that um, post that you took from Instagram. I definitely agree. Like, I just feel like a lot of, like, women are, like, the older generation, they just feel like, you have to struggle. You have to go through what they went through with their husbands, like as in the cheating, the bad treatment, 
the mistresses, like the outside kids, like everything, the, the whole nine yards. Like they just expect you to go through all of that because that's what they went through. And I just think that's really crazy because for me personally, I don't think I'll ever want anyone to go through what if I went through that, I wouldn't want another female or my daughter-in-law or my daughter to go through that. Like, and I feel like that's the issue we're facing now. A lot of these older women are like trying to impose this belief on us. And it's like, when you don't want to listen, they look at you like, okay, what's wrong with you? Like, you're not trying to keep a home. You're not trying to keep a marriage, but it's just certain break. Exactly. And it's mm-hmm. 50-50. Both people should want to keep the marriage. Period. Right. Lita, what are your thoughts on that? For me, personally, marriage is something that has to do with struggling. People have to come together and struggle and have, make it happen, you know, for it to work. Nothing good, in my opinion, works out without people having to both sacrifice and make things happen. So the idea that people think that marriage is just a bed of roses is something that I don't know where it comes from, maybe from movies or maybe from different ideals. So I, I think that if you're trying to get into a marriage with anybody, I think you should be willing to get your hands dirty. And that dirty is part of the struggle that that, that, that it takes to be in a working marriage. You know, so that's that's my opinion. And I think also when it comes to men and women, I think it's not just men. I think that people are accustomed to the culture that they see growing up. So if you're if you have an understanding of culture of what marriage looks like through your parents' lens, that will be the most likely or be more comfortable to you in terms of marriage. And so that's why they say men, men look for people like their moms. It's not because their moms are great or anything like this. It's just because that is what they know that is closely related. Just like you go to a restaurant that you don't know anybody, any don't know the menu. You're going to go in there and anything that you say that looks close to rice or fufu, you're going to, be, you're going to go close to it because that's what you're comfortable with first before you now start to explore the other type of different dishes. But you're going to go watch your... So that's why when they say men, you know, tend to look for their mothers or something like that, you know, that's that's what I think that, you know, that works. And that's, that worked for me too. I, I married a woman that reminded me of my mom, you know, in pretty much many things. So that was very easy for me to to make that shot, to do to make that happen. I mean, because, again, marriage is about building the families, about value system. A lot of things have to come in place, and you marry someone who you're not in the same value system with, your marriage is not going to work. You know, you guys are going to be doing the opposite of what you're talking about, struggle. It'll be a struggle to make it work, because you think marriage should be ab- about these two, but I would think marriage is about families, not just about two individuals. So that's where, you know, we miss it when we talk about this kind of, you know, thing. So we have to pay attention to those things. I understand that marriage, family is all about value and value systems. Thank you. Thank you, Lena. Um, Bryce, could you speak to that, please? Um, honestly, I think my brother Lita definitely hit most of the points. But I will say this. Um, I'll add on to it. Uh, me, personally, I'll just speak from my own opinion. Um, I, I personally don't want a woman that reminds me of my mom. Kind of, but not really. And I say it because I love my mom, but she's kind of a little bit too raw. Like, African moms can be kind of mean. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> they can be kind of mean. I don't want that. But my thing is, like, you know, if you don't know how to, like, cook or clean or, you know, basically just take care of, like, home with me, I don't want you. And before 
Women start saying, can you take care of a home? Can you build a home? Yes, I can. That's what, that, that, that. no, like, don't worry about me. I'm, I, I know what I'm bringing to the table. I want to know what you bring to the table. That's, that, that's not going to work. Because it's like, if I'm coming to you, I'm looking, I'm looking to build with you. So in building, that also means struggling. Now, I do believe that when it comes to love, there's some sort of struggle in a way. I don't believe in abuse. I don't believe in abuse. But I do believe in um I do believe in struggle. There's beauty in the struggle and success. J. Cole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for your response. Um Marlon, what do you think about that? I love I love my brother's uh, uh response. Um well, um, I think that, well, I think that the definition of like the definition of love and the definition of struggle are just, I don't think we're all operating on the same thing. I don't think that we are, I don't think that, um, you know, a woman sh- should be relegated to the kitchen. I don't believe that a woman, you know, should take these subservient roles. But I also know that life is a struggle by yourself. <laughs> And definitely with two people trying to learn each other. And when you live with somebody, there's nothing you can hide. Oh, every single thing is on the table from leaving your toothbrush out to the seat up to, I mean, it's, it's a constant battle. So to say that, um, I think love struggle is a necessary part of love because it's a necessary part of life. But like uh, my brother said, no abuse or anything like that and no subjugating. I also would like to say that, I feel that our Western um, ideology on love and all these things is we really need to look at it very well. Because in the end of the day, I always ask women this, would you like a man, would you like to go and ask your husband to get married? Or would you allow your newborn baby to be taken care of by your husband for any considerable two, three weeks straight? Whatever, I, most women would say, hell no, I'm not letting that man near my baby take the guy. Well, the baby, will, that would be tantamount to, to child abuse, right? Or like, I definitely want a man to ask me out, you know, rather than me ask. So to say that I believe in equality and, equi- and equitable and, you know, that can be shared up. You know, the duties of the house should be shared up according to one skill set, not based on any arbitrary or it's supposed to be 50-50, it is 50-50, but it's but uh, people like I say, men and women, we are this we are equal, but we're not the same. I have my skill set, and some of it is some of my skill set is shaped by the fact that I'm a man, and some of your skill set will be shaped on depending on because of you're a woman. Oh, 47 seconds. It's good. You should give me this thing because you know I can go on and on. So um, what I'd say is that you know um, women need to definitely take a more significant role, especially in the African context. Women need to have their say and to be able to talk and say what they want to say, how they want to say it, when they want to say it. They need to be able to do. But if they're bringing money, then they need to have a lot of say. And I agree, if a man can spend his money and then if a man wants a woman to just be docile, then he should pay every single cent of the bill. And then that should show him not that that should show him what a man is about. One, I'm done. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I don't know if anyone has any rebuttals before you Amek, do you have any thoughts on that? 
Okay. So um, for me, I don't think love um, struggle is necessary in love. I mean, if it comes, um, some struggles are avoidable. Like let's say, for instance, um, your partner gets sick or loses his job or something. I don't mind struggling with them through that. But some some struggle are just man-made. You go out there, you get a woman pregnant, and then you expect me to struggle with you through paying child support. That's not a struggle I'm going to be there for. So I don't think it's necessary, but some of the things are, you can go through them. So that's what I think. But I don't think it's, you have to be a good woman to struggle through your man, or you have to be a good man to struggle through your um Things that don't make sense, you know what I mean? You have to value yourself. If you don't value yourself, you're just gonna be there for everything. And nobody has time for that. Oh. Right. Oh. Does anyone have a response? Oh, you agree, okay. Okay, so we'll go to the second round. Uh, no. the, I'm sorry, I just don't have a comment. Can we say something? Yeah, sure. Okay, I think um, most of the guys are getting this whole um, struggle thing wrong. I'm confused with uh, a little confused because I think okay struggle like uh, as Max said it's like okay you lose your job type stuff that's struggle or we can't pay the the bills that's struggling together to build together and there's another struggle like okay you're bringing issues to the home as in another woman or as in some outside factor you're bringing it and putting that right. There, it's not struggle, like, and that should not be tolerated. Yeah, that's struggle, and that should not be tolerated. Like, no one wants to sit and be okay. We are suffering to pay bills, and then you go, you're doing something out there, and you bring it more home. Like, no, that's not, no, that's not the right struggle. I'm gonna struggle with you. We're gonna build together. If you lose your job, I'm gonna hold you down, but I'm not gonna hold you down when you're out there and making me look crazy. Period. <laughs> right. Okay, so we're just going to go to the, I guess, the second round of questioning, which is, um, as the world continues to change with both men and women having to go into the uh, workforce, sometimes working multiple jobs to provide for their families, what are some of the expectations when it comes to gender roles and norms in the home and family life? I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I wanted to read um, some some things that I just took from social media from one of my friends, his name is uh, Ndubisi. He said, um, so because the Bible said she should submit to you, that is why she will go to work all day, get back home and start cooking while you are smoking and watching football. (laughs) She will finish cooking, serve you, help the kids with homework, prepare them for the night without any form of assistance or empathy from you. In the night, you want her to submit premium in bed. Early morning, you are asking her to submit her contribution to the rent. Uncle, do you know the difference between love and wickedness? And then the other one that I got from um, someone else on social media, Brianna Frank. Fathers are privileged and mothers are obligated, but that's a conversation y'all aren't ready for. So again, I pose the question to the group. Um, I'll start with um, Bryce. What are your thoughts on that? All right, so yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely do believe that that's 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 definitely wickedness like come on now you can't you can't i'm sorry like you can't you can't expect a woman to work all day just like you and then 
you just sitting down chilling, being lazy. That's too much. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't do that at all. I believe in working hard. No, I believe in working smart, not hard, if that makes sense. So basically, I believe in passive income as well. So this whole having multiple jobs, been there, done that, it, 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 it puts a toll on your body. And, you know, as, as my wife, um, I, I, I don't want her to be like, oh, babe, I can't, I, I can't do this right now because my back, um, God forbid. No. What? No, we, we must chop. I'm sorry. Like, no, like, I, 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 want, I, I want my woman to be, you know, strong, energetic, you know, for my, for, for me. I this. Uh-uh. <laughs> but it's true. Like, you know, for me and the children, you know, like, you know, it's, I don't know. Being an adult is ghetto. So, you know, the less, the, the, the less headache you can put on somebody's, somebody else's child, the better. That's, that's mm-hmm. the way I look at it. I like that, Bryce. I can respect that a lot. But what do you think? Expectations, gender roles. Well, I, I agree with my brother here. He, he, he really made a good point. I think there's, a, there's definitely wickedness in the part of uh, what you described. Uh, I think we need to be considerate. Uh, I mean, if you do love the other person, you should know the pain that they're going through and be able to uh, be a shoulder and, or, or extend a hand, a helping hand. It's not one party doing everything. I don't agree with that. Yes, there may, there may be some circumstances where someone, a man or a woman, may have to work two jobs, but it's not something you have to do for the, for the you know, for three years or not even six months. But some circumstances, things happen. You see, but and this is what the struggle that we're talking about. Uh, that Mac mentioned earlier. This is uh, what you call uh, on, on, unforeseen situations that, that do occur in our in our lives. And that kind of situation, you can step in and, and do more, you know, to help out that partner, whether it be a, a woman or a man in that situation, because things do happen. None of our jobs that we have are forever. You know, things change. So, uh, during, during those periods, we actually need to demonstrate uh, uh, you need to be more uh, of, of a man or a woman. But it's not something that is, uh, you don't want to add more work to your partner. You want to be considerate. You want to, you, you know, you want to, you want to be the best you can, you know, you know. So uh, I agree that uh, this is definitely, uh, you know, you got you to gotta understand the other person is a human being just like you. So uh, you just you want to be mindful of that. Okay. Um, Lita, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think that the reason why people get married is so they can be able to work together and make life a little bit more functional and, you know, for everyone pull their weight and make things work out, you know, for everyone in the relationship. So if you're married, then there's certain things that, you know, as a man, you have to do. And if you're married, there's certain things you, as a woman, you have to do. But I mean, again, it just depends on what your partner needs and what you need. So if you're a guy that likes to cook, then you can take care of the cooking. If your if your wife likes to do the cooking, then you can take it. Because I think it's just we should both work out between you guys. Too, I don't think that's a clear definition. It's just depending on what either parties, whatever what other parties need to make it work. Because some people don't, some people don't like to do dishes, and you have to mind someone that likes to do dishes. You know, so you just have to see how you guys can complement each other and make things happen. That's just what I think. But again, I wanted to say something earlier on. So I think that this concept of, um, and again, I'm speaking from the Igbo culture because I'm an Igbo man, right? So the Igbo culture in marriage does not subjugate women. 
you know, the Igbo culture does not, women are not inferior. It is the Western culture that brought women into the, the idea of women are inferior. They have to sit at home. We don't have housewives in Igbo culture. Original Igbo culture. Everybody, there's a division of labor. Everybody does what they're supposed to do. If you want to be a housewife, you're welcome to be a housewife, but it's not, it's a Western culture that I said women have to sit at home, women have to do this, do this, do that. In our culture, we don't have where women are, are, any, are subject to do, not to do this, not to do that. That's not what our culture, that's not, what, that's not the real sense of the culture. The culture is all about partnership. It's all about making things happen. It's all about developing the family, beats, even with polygamy, every woman has her own house. The man has his own in the middle. But it's pretty much, the gender roles is not, it's not pretty much, it's just different. But there's no, you know, because I heard my other brother talking about, you know, as long as women are not getting abused, the culture doesn't support abuse. doesn't support overworking women or overworking men. It's just that just different things. That everybody, women are in control of their own sector and men are in control of their own sector. Even when you look at, if you look at the village settings, the women lead the women and the men lead the men. So it's just separate, just like the, you know, separate but equal type of thing, you know, in that society. That's kind of what it is. So just wanted to correct that impression because people are always giving out the wrong impression about Africa and about our marriage systems. And I, mean, I won't speak Africa largely because we're a lot of different cultures. I'll speak about the Igbo culture. Largely, you know, it's not, women are not supposed to be second class citizens. They're not supposed to be. And the idea of polygamy doesn't even make you a second class citizen. It's just a structure of what our marriage looks like as Igbo people. And it's not a, it's not a must that you must have many wives if you don't want to. So it's just a choice that men have. And that's just how our marriage and our, our, the marriage settings are. I'll just stop right there. Thank you so much, Leda. Um, Marlon, I want to hear from you, then I'll turn it over to the ladies. Let me come correct, though, because I know the women are ready to pick up any loose, any loose uh, comments. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I think that there is a lot to do with this perception um, that women are less necessarily like second-class citizens. I think that in Africa, women embrace being a woman, especially like like it's like a, it's their own power and they kind of view the western side as trying to be man-like right so oh, i want to go and do this i want to go and do this and i want to then fine and i think but and and i think that you know while a lot of women may not you know may ascribe to that not all like right some women want to be going to work some women want to be doing that and that's fine that we should continue i think i work better i work where i work better with women all the time anyway <laughs> i just you know i always do i always do you know i find them to be more emotionally emotionally stable like no problems you say what you mean you mean what you say and that so these gender roles i think we need to reanalyze them and um i like what my brother said you have to kind of look at it from a standpoint of that it's about skill set you know, I always, you know, if you have a skill set that is, I mean, I, I can, I've cooked better. I cook better than most women. I know. I, um, I teach my son to cook, right? Because I know it's a necessary skill that every person should have. Now, if a woman has it, now there's actually this added thing of, oh, well, you know, you're teaching me to cook that because I'm a woman. No, I'm not teaching you to cook. I teach my son to cook. 
right? So these gender roles, I think that we need to, I don't think that it's about gender roles. I think who does the job best to get the best results for the family? Now, in my situation, I had my ex-wife, she was luckily a person that loved to do design work. Like she used to design clothing and she was extremely good at it. She went to school for it. So my, my, um, my initial thing when I got married was to hopefully have enough money to push her so that she can, I can give her what she needs as far as sewing machines, pay for staff, do all these things so that she can do her own dream, which was to, um, you know, design clothing. And it worked out because, because she was her own entrepreneur, she could manage her time better. And we, in my, and, and cause she wanted to be close to the kids. Trust me, she didn't want me to be the one changing diapers. The socks will never be the same. Uh, the, 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 you know, the breakfast in the morning will be dry if I'm the one that does it. So she wanted me to stay away from certain things. Because though that's my department, you know you're gonna mess it up. Just do, just go and do what you need to do and pay the bills. And I and I concentrated on that. Now I now was it was a teamwork. But I could cook, I could barbecue, and I would make sure I barbecue over the weekend. Or when she was feeling hot in the kitchen in Nigeria, I made sure I put in an AC. Um, I got her um, help to help her, you know, do the, the the chores in the house. She had a driver. You know, I made sure I took care of everything, including her business, so that she could be home with being, you know, with the kids more often. Because I needed her home because the kids needed her home. I didn't need her home. And that's one thing I want to say. At some point in Western culture, I always find it offensive that the children never take over. It's always me and you and me and you. But you had children that never had any choice in being in this relationship. You guys have a choice. But once you have, once you get, once you have children, you have to realize you have forsaken some of that choice, and that's when the struggle really begins, because you really have. Yes, you can. Yes, and this is what our mothers are trying to teach us. I'm not trying to say that they, everybody, nobody should take all those times, because the times are different, and right now requires a re re renewal of our cultural understanding. But yes, yes, yes. The, you know, we have to make sure that our, you know, that everybody's doing what they need to do. And the man, if you're not doing that, you take over. Be a man. I think being man is just to open your mouth and pull out your, you know, you know, open your zipper. It's more than that. So that's my uh, my point, man. Grow the fuck up. Sorry. <laughs> Marlon, you're going to owe me for that one. <laughs> All right, y'all, we're going to go to the next round of questions um, just for the sake of time. So I know for many of the women on this uh, panel, growing up, we were highly encouraged, encouraged to focus on our studies. But once we graduated from college or reached a certain age in our lives, um, at almost every opportunity, we were asked by our mothers or women in our, in our lives, in our communities, um, you know, when we would get married and have children. So this question I'm posing to the ladies, how do these societal pressures make you feel? Um, Kathy, I'll start with you. I mean, honestly, I just feel like it's unnecessary because every girl doesn't like want to be married at a certain age and like, you know, or even some women don't even want to be married at all. Some women want to focus on their studies. Some women want to build businesses. Some women want to do more than, you know, like get themselves situated before entering into a marriage because they know that once they get into a marriage, it's like 
a sacrifice. You got to sacrifice your time and be there for your husband and for your children. So some women would rather, um, you know, get themselves together financially, whatever the case may be, before entering a marriage. And I just feel like society's pressure is ridiculous. Like everybody's not on the same time wave, on the same time limit, and we shouldn't be pressured to be on that. So yes, that's all I have. Okay. Daisy? Oh, um, Ram? I think um, the issue here is a lot, like I keep saying a lot of older African women. But that is and there's true. A reason. They, they are the ones pushing the agendas. Um, they have this like thing where you have to be married for 30. If you're not married, then something's wrong with you. Like you have serious problems. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's crazy because it's just like, like Kathy said, some people don't want to be married. Some people don't even want to do get married. Some people don't want kids. Like you don't know another person, um, desires. You don't know what they want. So why are you trying to impose your beliefs? And everything that you think is gonna make them perfect or make them new in society, because if you're not marrying out in society, you're like a nobody. Nobody. Um, you don't know. Like some people don't want these things. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And it's okay to get married after 30. It's okay, because you can get married before 30 and it doesn't work out and you be single. Oops. It's just <laughs> It happens, like things happens, you know. So I just feel like it's crazy. Like I, I, I don't know. I think it's really annoying. Like it's it really annoying because I've had like older women, especially after I got married, they'll come. What are you having a baby? What are you guys having? A, like mind, mind your business. Your business. Mind your business. Worry about you your husband. Exactly. You don't sorry. know. Oh. Oh, you don't know there are women facing uh, fertility issues as well. Emotional issues. There's a lot going on in people's homes. You don't know what they're going through to be asking questions about their lives. Mind your business. You. I just feel like it will just help everybody if everybody mind your business. When a woman wants to get married, she will get married. If she wants to go through the career path or have her business, get herself together before getting married, that's fine. It shouldn't be like a requirement that you're trying to impose on someone. You have to be married. Like, no, you don't. Exactly. And like she mm. said, you can have a billion dollars, but you're not married. In African culture, you are nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we need to change that. Like, for what? Anyways, I'm done. <laughs> Very good point. Amek, what do you think? I think um, people shouldn't be pressured into marriages at all. It doesn't make sense. Um you could be four, you could be 50, and you don't, if you don't feel like getting married, it shouldn't be like a taboo. Like people shouldn't look down on you or keep asking you, when are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? You know, there's a lot of African people, especially now, are stuck in unhappy marriages just because they want to make a point. Hey, I'm married and I'm going to stay married. You know what I mean? And that's how we have a lot of, um, People who are depressed and they don't even know they're depressed, you know? So I don't mm. think marriage is something. Marriage is not like an achievement. Everybody can get married, you know what I mean? Like anyone can get married. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to have special skills. It's something everyone can achieve. So I think people need to stop putting that kind of high values on like a married woman and just let people be. Thank you. Thank you, Amek. I'm going to switch over to the guys just briefly. Um, as a man, did you 
feel or do you feel pressured at all to get married um, at this point in your life? Bryce, if you can help answer. Yeah, I could definitely help um, answer. Um, I'm going to say yes and no. Um, I say yes because it's like uh, at a certain age and once you reach a certain status, everybody's like, oh, when are you getting married? Mm, you know, makes I get you married, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but then once you actually answer them and be like, how are you contributing to my marriage or wedding or whatever, that's when they learn to keep quiet. So, right. <laughs> and then from there, you know, they go and tell somebody else, don't ask them because this boy is rude. You don't respect his elder. No, respect your life. Drink water, drink tea, and mind your business, man. Like, <laughs> like my sister said, some people don't want to get married. Now, I'm not saying I don't want to get married, but I mean, it's just like sometimes it's best to just wait when the time is right. Everybody has their own season mm-hmm. of doing things, and maybe that's not that person's season at the time. So that's just my opinion on it. Right. Uh, but what about you? Do you feel, um, have you been pressured to get married? Well, that's, uh, I think, I think the pressure goes, it's not just only, it's not only unique to female. I think it's something that goes both ways. Again, it goes back to those, those uh, you know, the expectations that our families, our parents have for us as a society. So me personally, I have never been pressured, you know, have, and, uh, and I've heard from guys and, and girls that have been pressured and it just makes people uncomfortable, you know? And I think when people are pressured, actually, people are likely to run into a wrong person <laughs> most of the time, you see? And then you get stuck with that person. And then the same people that actually, <laughs> the same people that pressure you to marry that man or that woman are going to be the ones that are going to be feeling sorry for you later on. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna feel for it. <laughs> they do feel sorry for you because now you're you're in a relationship where your life is miserable. You see, and they're gonna be the same person. They're gonna say you need to struggle as a man or as a woman. This, you know, they're gonna be the one that are lecturing you on you know on, you know on, on what to do when you could have avoided it. This you know all this mess by just being patient and finding the right person. You see, I personally don't think there's an age limit. I mean, I know. In like a Sudanese culture, there's, uh, there's expectations like, okay, if you're in this age, you need to have this and that. So it makes people uncomfortable. I personally, I don't like that idea. If I if I had kids one day, I wouldn't I wouldn't pressure them because you know people have things happen in in, in, uh, in people's life in different times. You know, I don't think there's there shouldn't be a pressure. I think people should just be left alone and you know, to, to, to choose when the time is right for them. Because whenever the time is right, you are likely to find the right person. That's what I believe. But when the time is right, and you try to squeeze this this commitment into someone's life, then it's it's, it's, it's most likely not going to turn out well for them. So people should be left alone, <laughs> let them decide. <laughs> but I want the females to know that guys also go through that. It's not just you know, it's not just guys. But I think guys goes through it a little later than females. You know, women. Women are, you know, they, they, they go they go through, they, I mean, young women go through it a little earlier than guys. Guys will, I mean, usually get pressure at like a certain age, like maybe in the, like in the 30s, you know, that's when, but females, I think around 24, 25, that's when, uh, uh, when young women, they, they usually get pressure around that age, like 20, uh, 24, 25. But for men, it's a little later. But this, the pressure goes on both sides. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So I just wanted to like, 
I guess, mention maybe some of the differences between maybe our time and our parents' time. I think for many of them, um, you know, when it came time for them to get married, it's, you know, usually maybe one uncle or one auntie that recommends, oh, there's this guy that I know, he might be good for you. Um, you know, maybe go to this wedding, go to this function, to let people start seeing you, this kind of thing. So and I want to pose the question to you all. Uh, what would you say is the future? What is the future of, I guess, um, dating or getting into relationships look like for our generation, especially with the presence of social media influences and online dating? How do people find their life partners? Um, let me see. Marlon, if you could help. You know, I want to ask the, you want to ask the only person that's not of this generation about this generation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, well, I mean, obviously, like dating and stuff like that, like me, I'm extremely busy. So like dating is like, you know, I've, I've, I've looked into online stuff, but I don't really get involved with such, you know, I, I, you know, every now and then there's like, you know, like you, you know, you'll meet somebody like when, and during business or something like that. So I think the future definitely will be something online and things like that. Maybe it'll get more sophisticated. I don't know. Maybe it'll be more sophisticated than us like swiping left or swiping right. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this um, this generation, you know, I think that obviously a lot of is online and all these viewpoints are out there. And I do think that because of a lot of new viewpoints are at the table, namely women are having their voices heard probably for the first time ever in the history of mankind, um, that there is going to be an adjustment period on both sides because on um, I see that the future... A lot of like there's a lot of valid valid pain that has been experienced by women and unfortunately you know where i'm a christian you know two wrongs don't make a right and i find that we're going to get this balance point where the men have to get their acts together but also this um growth pattern has to be looked upon from the standpoint that because men have been so abusive in general over the years that that women there's a level of growth that has not been allowed because you can only really grow when you feel safe when you feel strong when you feel supported when you feel nurtured right and i feel that women have been denied a lot of that safe space because of the attitudes of many men and um men have to learn about it i watched the it's going to sound weird but i was watching the news and I watched this, uh, you know, it's about Afghanistan and how the, the Taliban are being very mean to the women and they're not letting women have any rights, this, that, and the other. And there was something that the Taliban spokesperson said that was actually quite revealing. He said, we have to be patient. These Taliban men don't know how to treat women. <laughs> and it was so honest. And the honesty was, you know, was like, they do need to be trained. They do need to be even allowed to be able to like learn how to treat women. Like we just assume that these Neanderthals are just gonna wake up one day with this ideology. Oh, I know how to smooth the women. These guys, a good day to them is like, hey woman, come here. And that is to them, they've been very, very polite, you know? So we have to learn that, you know, because we're not, you know, I think women are finally getting their voices heard that we, they need to also, I know it's tough because these are the same people that have been, um, you know, doing the bad things, 
but you gotta, they also are still not in a place of intelligence. So you gotta, you know, like there's this, I think the future has to do with some sort of allowing women to grow into their full potentials. And then us men will reap the benefits of that because they will nurture us, I guess, to a level of, I guess, I don't know, normalness. I am my man. Okay. Um, Bo, what do you think? What does the future of dating look like in our communities? Yeah, I think there's a, there's going to be two versions. The online of, of is going to be there because most young people are online now. Uh, it's easy to meet people. Just, I mean, all you have to do is add people to your friend list on Facebook and Instagram and all these social media. But I think back home in Africa, I think it's still going to be in-person. I think you're still going to have more of this in-person thing because of the the way uh, through events, you know. And I think people prefer uh, 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 like situation where you actually get to meet someone in church or through like uh, these uh, cultural events that often happen. But in the West here, for, all, for those of us who are in the diaspora, I think it's going to be happy on, on online. Personally, I don't like online. I don't like to meet people online. I like uh, I like to meet person. Uh, like me person in person, you know, so you get to know them better because people sometimes they can pretend to be who they're not online. <laughs> and then when you, and then when you meet them in person, they may not be the person you expect and you'll be disappointed. You see, right. and there's actually a song in, in the South Sudanese music. Like there's this one guy who, who made up a song about, you know, you know, don't look the catfish, like, you know, meeting these women that are not who they really are. And when you meet them in person, you're like, you, you will run away from them. So those things are going to be there. And I think actually it, it brings fear to people. Like, you know, if you're, if you're someone who thinks, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find someone online, you're going to do it without, you know, with that, some with, 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 with a bit of fear. You're going to be cautious about that because we've seen that there's, I mean, uh, there's an issue with people being safe online. So that's going to be there. But I think people will eventually, here in diaspora, will eventually meet, uh, will meet online. Once they've seen someone in person, they'll probably be more safe to meet that person Uh uh, but I think uh, I think it's going to be different uh, for those that are back home and those that are here in diaspora. Uh, but uh, whatever way, it, at the end of the day, however you meet the person, whether it be in person or online, I think there's going to be uh, the, the qualities that we talked about earlier are still going to be a big factor. You see, just because you meet someone online, that doesn't mean that uh, this person will be the right one person uh, for you. Or the person you meet in person is going to be the right one for you. It's still you have to kind of take it take it slow. To understand that person uh and i don't think it matters really how you meet the person it's just those qualities that you look for the values that we talked about earlier you know and okay. the future that you want to build with that person i think those will determine because i know people that met online and they are together and they are happy and i know people that have met in person and are not they're not happy you see so again the, the dynamic is going to change but the, the big factor will be uh how you treat that person uh and 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 what is uh, and, and then with time, things will eventually uh, un- unfold. Hey, Bad Family. Thank you so much for tuning in to part one of this panel discussion. I hope you're enjoying it so far. Please stay tuned for part two of the next segment.